Why, Why are we talking about Pokemon in yeah. a Mario episode? Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem, masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I'm like always tempted to say I'm Stephanie here instead of I'm Lindsay. I almost forgot the intro this time. I just always want to say I'm Stephanie and see what happens, um, but I never do it. One day I will. I mean, I have. You're before. also not going to remember that you said this. No, I mean every episode I want to say I'm Stephanie. And see what you do. I have before, and I don't remember what your reaction what your reaction was, but I'd like to know what the new one is. Anyways, we're here for another episode. Um, yes. I don't know why I say that every time. I don't know why else we would be here. Um, Spew some nonsense, as spewing always. Spewing nonsense. Um, so, as always, we are going to start with Stephanie's music corner. Yeah, it's the first episode of the month. We haven't done this. Mm. We did this last month. Never mind. <laughs> did we? I thought we skipped it. No, we did it for the first episode last month. We skipped your update because we did the interview last episode. Oh, Okay. Well, so well. I'm going to talk about music that came out in the month of August. So we're going to start with two album releases from August 7th. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Glass Animals. They released their third, fourth? Some number. Some number album. I think it's their third album. Uh, maybe it's their fourth. I don't know. Don't care. Not relevant. <laughs> um, I mean, it is relevant, but you just don't know. Not at this exact second. Um, so they released a new album, Dreamland. It's a little bit more of a softer sound than I had expected from them because they normally have some like really hard hitting percussion y beats. They got some slappers. They do. Um, there was a couple of really good songs on this, but of course the songs I liked the most were all like the more heavy percussion y songs. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was very like dreamy sounding. Yeah, I mean, I. I think dreamy is a good word, and I, like, it's kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it other than, like, not even lo-fi. It's just, like, chill more. It's like, more like a few notches. I describe it as it's a few notches down from, like, how yeah. to be a human being. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I Overall, though, I actually really liked it. Like I said, my favorite songs were the more heavy ones. So I really like the song Tokyo Drifting. That's the one with Denzel uh-huh. Curry. That's probably my favorite song on the album. Also, um, if you got Denzel Curry on something, it's going to be a good album. Yes. Um, so I gave it a nine. Thought it was good. Um, the next one is going to be one of my favorite albums of this year. Like I, You say that every month, though. Yeah. We've Just only, so you know, we've you only, do say that every month. We've only had eight months, so this yeah, could be... Like, I haven't made do, a top ten list yet. I just want to say, you do say that every month. <laughs> yeah, but again, I haven't had... There's no top ten list yet fair. because there's only eight months. Okay, I mean, that's fair. You do say that every month. <laughs> Okay, so um, Washed Out released his new album, Purple Noon, and his music's just so good. He's back on Sub Pop. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved this album so much on first listen that I immediately went and bought the vinyl. Yeah. Because it's also Bandcamp Friday that Mm -hmm. day, so I was like, 
fuck it, I'm buying it. Yeah, and I remember you saying that you regretted not buying it earlier because, like, the colored vinyl, like, the limited edition was sold out. No, I have the limited oh, edition one, yeah. Okay, was that the, maybe the Glass Animals? It was something that you had bought recently. I don't remember. Um, but no, I agree. This album, the Wash Out album was really good. I've only listened to it, like, two or three times, but... But that's still, it's still a really lot good. of times to listen to an album start to finish. Like, it's good. But yeah, I mean, especially listen to Washed Out. I feel like, for me, in the past, Washed Out, I've picked, like, a couple of their songs, of yeah. his songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really enjoyed them. Um, but I've never really listened to his entire, like, album start to finish yeah. more than once. Yeah. No, this album was great. Um, I gave it a perfect 10, and my only comment in all caps is just, this is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the next two, next two that I'm going to talk about both came out on 821. So the first one is a local band. They're called Spun Out, and their new album, their first album is called Touch the Sound. So, Spun Out is a few of the members from Knee High, which who broke up a few years ago, and they were like my favorite local Chicago band. So, Spun Out, rather than Knee High, was kind of like a garage rocky band. These guys are more heavy in the electronic side, but their album was super good. It was a great first release. The songs were really high energy and a lot of fun. Um, yes, I loved it. I gave it a nine. It was very good. I did not listen to that one. I don't it's think. really good. You, you should. No, I know. You told me about Spun Out. I don't think I've listened to this one. I think maybe like I want to get the vinyl. I've listened to. Yeah, I've listened to single. Um, their vinyl was pressed for Shubas. Oh, cool. And it's really pretty, so I might buy it. Okay. Shubas. I meant Sugar Records. Oh. Down here on this, down the street. Okay. I was gonna say that's kind of confusing, but I, I was bet, like, why would Shubas be pressing something? No, I meant Sugar Records. I didn't want down, to question you because I probably would have been wrong. Um, so the other one from Eight Twenty One is Cut Copy. The Australian electronic band that I love. Um, their new album is called Freeze Melt. Um, it's This album's a little bit more on the ambient side than some of their older stuff, but it was really good, really easy to listen to, and I also gave it a nine. The last one is one that you also love mm-hmm. and also purchased. Yes. Um, Funny story. <laughs> after I describe it, you have to tell the story. Okay. Um, so this was The Magic Gang and their new album, Death of the Party. So I have listened to this band since their last album came out, and then they broke. They announced that they were going to break up briefly, and I had like a meltdown because I wanted to see them so bad, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Why do all these European bands I love break up?" Yeah, no, I think you introduced me to them back yeah. in the first album as yeah. well. Um, so I've been listening to them for. It's years. such a good second album, though. Like, it really is. It's so much more high energy, and they bring a fusion of sound in it where it's got more like electronics, other instruments besides just standard rock It's not a very, like, David Burney talking heads vibe to it. Yeah, that's actually a really good Um, description. Which, like, I put it on the TV to play off of, like, our good sound system, and I made Matt listen, and he was like, this sounds a lot like David Byrne mixed with, like, Sonic Youth a little bit. Um, And I, like, when he said that, I I got, like, a lot of the vocals sounded very David Burney. Yeah. Um, I gave this one a perfect 10. Yeah, I mean, I would too. So, we both purchased this on vinyl, and you had a much different scenario getting it than I did. Because I'm an idiot. Um, So, right now, the vinyl is available in a special, like, limited pressing, or limited edition version where it's colored, uh, what is it, like, smoky gray or something, or clear? Yeah. I don't remember the color, but it's signed by the band. So, I bought it. First of all, was very confused, because I went on their page, and if you... I don't know why I did this, but I clicked on two different links. So I clicked on buying the vinyl directly, and then I also, like, opened up in a new tab the bundles. 
And if you open up a new tab, the bundles, you can buy the vinyl for $5 cheaper. So I was very confused about that. And I was texting Stephanie, like, what did you pay for the vinyl? Why is this $5 cheaper? Or five euro cheaper? I don't really know why it was like that. I feel like that was a mistake. But, um, so I go to purchase the vinyl. Um, I have my credit card saved on my computer under my Google account. And so it auto-filled all that information, and I keep forgetting that one of my credit cards has, like, the wrong expiration date because it expired, and then, like, they sent me a new one with a new expiration date. Yeah. Um, so it canceled the first one because it was, like, declined because the card was expired. And then I had to refill it all out with a different card, and I was not paying attention, and the address was my address, Chicago, Illinois, United Kingdom, because it defaulted to the UK for some reason. Well... Not for some reason. They're from the UK. It defaulted to the UK because they're from the UK. Um, and the store was in the UK. So I immediately, like, hit OK. It gives me, like, the um, confirmation. I look at it and I see the UK. It's like, God damn it. Immediately. And, like, I immediately start to look for a way to cancel this order or to update the address, which mm-hmm. I can't. Um, so I had to open up a ticket. And I open up a ticket under the impression that, like, with COVID delays, like, on the top of the website, there's a banner that says, like, you know, COVID delays, we're trying yeah. our best. Please allow for additional time for anything you order to come out. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, they'll get to the ticket before, like, it ships out. Fucking ships out the next day. <laughs> and they send me an email. It's like, hey, here's the shipping information. It's being shipped out to this address, and it says the United Kingdom. It's like, oh, great. Okay, so, like, I don't know what's going to happen because it says Chicago, Illinois, my zip code. And then it says UK. There's no Chicago, Illinois, in the UK. There's not the zip code in the UK because it's all numbers, and the US is the only place that uses all numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, I Googled it. Somebody on the internet was like, at some point, someone's going to see it, realize it's a mistake, either hold it or they're not going to send, or, like, or they're going to change it. Yeah. So I got to a point where I was like, whatever, you know, if something happens, like, I'll figure it out. Um, eventually did get an email from them saying that, like, oh, hey, we caught it. Um, it was changed before it shipped out. You're good. And now it's on its way. And now it's on its way. I mean, supposedly. I asked for tracked email, or tracked mail. Oh, I They did, did not send me a I did email. not ask for tracked mail, because that was like five extra euro, and I'm just going to hope for the best. But I'm, also, I like to be... Have so- you gotten yours yet? No. Okay, exactly. So, I mean, no, but- I don't know what tracked mail is, but I spent a couple dollars extra to get it, and they did not send me a tracking number, so I, so mean, I think So, whenever I-, I buy music vinyl from the UK, I just hope for the best, and then, like, it shows up, and I'm like, oh, I forgot I ordered this. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the scenario. Also, I bought the cheaper album, <laughs> so I feel like that's just karma getting me. Yeah, I paid right. extra in shipping for tracked mail that is not actually tracked by any means. Yeah. Um, so... This is what happens when you find a cheaper thing and pay extra for shipping. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just pay, just give the band the full money. Yeah. I still don't really understand why it was a couple dollars cheaper. I feel like that, I don't think I was doing anything wrong. I think that was just like a thing. I don't think it was a, like a malfunction. Anyways. I mean, we'll see. When I get my vinyl, maybe like fucked up. It's just, it's like broken. This bitch. They break it. This is going to the UK. Chicago, Illinois, UK. Break it. That's not in the UK. This dumb bitch. You dumb bitch. Okay, are we ready to get in the beer? Yeah. Um, so what are we drinking this week, Steph? So we are going to be drinking Brainwash from Illuminated. So Brainwash is a tart farmhouse style ale. 
Um, I've had this before. It's very good. I have not. The description says, Brainwash glows a hazy post-hypnotic yellow and smells of melon, white pepper, and grain. Says this crisp and juicy concoction will hit the spot no matter what kind of bummer programming you may have picked up along the way. Uh, funny story about one time I picked up this beer from Beer Temple. Um, it was back when we, they was doing a lot more curbside stuff. Yeah. Um, and... In the beginning of quarantine? Yeah, and, um, we're, Lindsay and I are friends with one of the... We're friends? Lindsay I mean, and I are friends. We, I was gonna say, with one of the guys at Beer Temple. <laughs> Lindsay and I are friends. <laughs> so Lindsay and I are friends with one of the guys that works at Beer Temple, and he picked, he was the one dealing with my order, and he's like... Yeah, you have to hold on a minute. Brainwash is being a slippery little motherfucker right now. <laughs> I didn't even introduce myself on the phone. I, he must have, I don't know how he just figured out it was I me. Feel, I like to believe that he's just that way with everybody, and then it wasn't because it was you, but that's just how he is. I mean, because I, honestly, I feel like that's actually the truth, is that that's just, knowing him, I think that that's just yeah. how he is with everybody. I do like to believe it's just us. But. Um, I also want to say this is a 7% beer, so... For the word tart being on here, it's not very tart. No, it's more heavy on the peppery. So farmhouses, not that tart. No, I know, but it just calls it a tart farmhouse, so I would think that it'd be tartar. Mm. Tartier. Um, it is heavier. So it's a little more tart on like the back end. What's it so I don't know if you ever recognize the fact that white pepper and black pepper have different flavors. I don't know that I've ever actually used white pepper in okay. anything, but I do know that they are different. So I have had a lot of white pepper in my life after, like, from working in restaurants. Yeah. Because white pepper, if you don't want it, if you want to be able to season food, well, that would be able to see, like, black little grains, you use white pepper. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've always thought of, like, I've always found white pepper to be spicier than black pepper. Like, black pepper's got more of, um, like, a bitterness to it, whereas I feel like white pepper has more of, like, a heat. Almost. Interesting. Um, but it's like a mellow heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the fact that they use white pepper, I think it actually like mellows out the flavor because it's so pepper forward. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're getting a bite of bitter. Like have you ever like actually like bit down on a peppercorn or like a crushed piece of peppercorn? I don't know. Do you have like a pepper grater? Yeah. Have you ever got like big chunks where you've like eaten it and it's like you can feel it on your tongue and like feel that like I don't know. So capsaicin which is, like, what pepper, like, the flavor is. Yeah. Um, like, when a peppercorn, when you bite down on it and you get, like, a big dose of capsaicin, it can coat your mouth and, like, ruin your entire palate. Okay. That um, and then, like, when I tend to get a lot of pepper flavor in beers, it, it tends to be, like, that flavor, like, that bitterness okay. from capsaicin. Yeah. Um, and I'm not getting that. And I, I think it's stupid. No, this the beer's way. super smooth. You definitely get, like, the melon flavor that they describe on the can. Um, it's got a little bit of a sourness in the back end. Overall, I would say it's more dry than sour. Okay, so I just Googled it. Capsaicin is from chili peppers. It's called pepperine. Pepperine. Is the word from... Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. black pepper. Yeah. Capsaicin is chili pepper. Got Sorry. it. Okay. My bad. No, I, I wouldn't have known the difference. Um, yeah, I think that this, this tastes, it's got a very light flavor for it being such like a, it's not even that's a high ABV beer. It's 7%. Higher, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for it being a pretty higher, like a, on the a hefty, like, a hefty, well, it's a light flavor for a decent ABV. Yeah. 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 
Um, you do get a bit of the grain, which I think is, it's like a very delicate flavor, I would say. Well, that's a good description. It's very delicate where like none of the flavors are too pronounced and like overwhelming. Everything. No, but you kind of get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's really why, well balanced. That's why it's delicate because it's, you get some of the white pepper, which isn't overpowering and like grain can also be overpowering, yep. but it's not, it's like in a good balance as you mentioned. Yep. Um, which adds to the delicateness and, like, really brings out the melon flavor because melon can be a very, like... Overpowering. Well, I feel like melon's not typically an overpowering flavor. Like, I feel like melon is... Melon almost can get lost. Exactly, but you get the melon in this because they put, like, the white pepper and the grain are in, like, moderate enough amounts that you get, like, the softness of the melon almost. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so, three words. I'm going to say dry. I'm going to say. I'm going to say balanced because you don't get a super heavy mouthfeel. You don't get a super heavy flavor. You can get all the flavors. Um, then dry. I'm going to say light, I think, is my last one because overall it. This is a beer that if you drink too much of it, too, it's very easy to it drink. Is. I'm like halfway so, through this. Like we all get fucked up tonight, y'all. Um, so I was gonna use two two of those words. I would say dry and light as well, and I really want to say soft. I think that's a good descriptor. Um, because like it is so. I don't like I. It's I don't know another word to describe it, other than like soft or delicate. Yeah, which is kind of wild for me for a beer to like. It does have a punch of flavor. Like, it's very flavorful, but it's not really a punch at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like, like, hi, I'm here. Hi. It's like tiptoeing on your tongue. Like, hi, I'm here, but also I taste really good. Can you just hi. Start, can you start describing all beers in that way from now on? Cause honestly, the way they, like, land on your tongue, like how yes. they step on your tongue. Yeah, I can. This beer is fucking slamming its feet into my mouth. It's like doing squat jumps on your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I can start doing that from now on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So, um, this episode actually I think it'd be a really cool one. It was actually kind of a last minute decision for us, but it's actually going to be a really good episode. And I'm really excited that we're doing this. She says before we record, and it is a mess. It could be a mess. In before it becomes a mess. <laughs> Hey, I got to at least say it before this episode <laughs> devolves into a disaster. No, I think so. it'll be fun. I, it's, it is a fun episode topic, so... Um, yeah. yeah. So, we are actually going to be talking about the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. And then just kind of like the Mario franchise in general. Yeah. Um, because it's very old. <laughs> that 35 years... Very old. Well, over for 35 years. Like, Mario Well, is... Mario, the character's been around for, obviously, over 35 years, but the, the first... The franchise. Yeah, the yeah. franchise. The franchise didn't... I mean, it started a little bit before this, but Super Mario Brothers was the first Mario console game. Yep. And it was actually released in September of 1985. Yep. So, quick little context. So... Mario and the franchise of the Mario games is considered the best-selling video game franchise of all time. There have been over 600 million units sold worldwide. Oh, I did not know that. Um, So the Mario character 
back when it, his creator, Miyamoto, designed it, and, like, in his games, Mario was originally designed to be, like, kind of, like, a generic character that could be slapped in to do some cameos. And he would be featured as, like, a small cameo in every game. And that was actually inspired by how Alfred Hitchcock would play, like, a little cameo yep. role in his film. So, like, that's kind of where the idea came from. And he was originally supposed to be called Mr. Video. And Miyamoto today has said that if he had actually called, went through with calling him Mr. Video, he believes that he would not have been a success. So the first appearance of Mario ever was as a character called Jumpman in Donkey Kong, which was the first Nintendo, um, was the first Nintendo arcade game was released in, which was released in July of 1981, and he was just called the Jumpman, because that's kind of all he did, is he jumped and he yep. climbed ladders. Um, I read something about, and I can't find it now, but, like, how he was, like, a, the mean owner of That's Donkey in the second Kong. Donkey Kong game. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so, in the first game, he kind of doesn't really do much. He plays the Jumpman character, um, and Mario was originally supposed to be a carpenter, so because the original Donkey Kong game took place on a construction site, which I did not know until doing this oh, research. Oh, I mean, actually, I did know that because Donkey Kong's always carrying, like, a plank of wood. I mean, that makes sense. In, like, the arcade games. Yeah. But so Donkey I Kong... I did not put two and two together, though. Yeah, so he was supposed to be a carpenter, but then during the Mario Brothers arcade game, which came out in 1983, they decided he should be a plumber because so much of the game takes place in pipes Pipe. and makes underground. Sense. And the reason that Mario wears red and blue was because back when they first created the arcade game, they, it was on a black screen, and to make things simple, they used contrasting colors, so it was easy to see against the screen, and it required less animation work from the team. So the red and the blue outfit contrasted really well, and they looked good against a black screen. The red hat was added so that they didn't have to draw hair on him to make it easier for them. And then he has a large nose, mouth, and mustache because they didn't want to draw facial expressions. That makes sense. So all of his, like, design characteristics have a very specific reason all why they were very, done. very, like, identifying design characteristics are really done because of laziness. Exactly. And to make things easier on the, you know, the designers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just for some context for Mario, for everybody, just some like, fun little context uh -huh. stuff. So, the we mentioned, obviously, Mario first appeared in Donkey Kong. He, in Donkey Kong Jr., actually was the, the bad guy. Uh -huh. And it's because he put Donkey Kong Jr. in a cage. Yep. That's why they called him the bad guy. Got it. Um, so, the first actual Mario-focused arcade game was released in 1983, and that was the, the Mario Brothers. Um, Super Mario Brothers came out in night, September of 1985 in Japan and North America. This was the first platform of Mario, or this was the first platform Mario game released in Japan. It was on the Famicom, which is short for family computer, and it's essentially the, the same thing we have in the U.S., the Nintendo Entertainment System, or NES. Yeah, NES. Yep. So that was just in Japan, they were calling it the family computer for a brief time. Okay. And then the family computer evolved into a different gaming format that no longer exists. But, um, 
the difference between the original Mario Brothers arcade game and the reason they called this new game Super Mario Brothers was because they added the Super Mushroom power up. Okay, so that's the that's why the one when he gets big. Yes. Okay. So they added that for this new game, yep. and they decided to call it Super Mario Brothers for that Got around it. that because that, that was sense. the new edition, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. that, I feel like that's been given in every game that exactly. I've ever played. Exactly. Where, like, like that's like one of the you bigger. That's one of like the things where I think that's most I like, like remember memorable yeah. about how the Mario games work is that you get the mushroom, you get bigger, and then you get like a special like if you get the flower, you get firepower. Exactly. You get, like, the hat, you get whatever power the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So another really unique in- thing about this game was that they had com- the composer Koji Kondo write a six-score track for the video game, and he also created all the sound effects. So prior to Super Mario Brothers, music was kind of added to the arcade games to like get people to like want it. Like they were it was loud, didn't yeah. really do much, didn't match with the game, and it was meant to attract attention of like arcade goers. So this is one of the first ones that incorporated it. It into incorporated the game. it and the music was actually designed after the game was made. So Kondo got like a prototype of the game and they were like, here's the game, write the music. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Super Mario Brothers was a major force in integrating music and designing music around a video game. Okay. So every Nintendo gaming system, except for the N sixty four and the Switch has its own unique version of Super Mario Brothers. So, the Switch actually shares Super Mario Brothers with the Wii U. Yeah, so the Wii and the Wii U got unique games, but they uh-huh. didn't make the Switch a unique game. Not yet. Not as of now, not yet. The um, Wii U has gotten its own Mario game though. The Switch Mario the Odyssey. Switch. Yeah, so sorry, the, the Switch. The Switch is gone. I'm not own. saying I'm saying Super right, Mario Brothers just not Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Like, obviously there's Mario games for the Switch and for the N64, but there is not a unique you can mm-hmm. play Super Mario Brothers, right. but there's They're not like a, backwards compatible exactly. kind of games. Yeah. Like there are games that were later made yeah. or made simultaneously for mm-hmm. both. So one of the that's kind of my history for us there. Okay. Um, I've got some fun facts about characters specifically that we can go into as we're talking through stuff, but, um, so to kind of like get into some discussion topic-y things here, what is the first Mario game that you remember playing? So, I don't know. And this is because, um, so when I was growing up, I had a Game Boy um, Advance, and then the a Game one that Boy. was like the side, the yeah. wide one. I had a Game Boy Advance, and then a Game Boy SP. Um, Is SP the one that folded? Yeah, I had okay. One, I have... It was the one that folded that had like a backlit, like a built-in camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a Game Boy Advance that had like a camera, or um, not a camera, backlit, like a light. Oh, I remember that where you had to like yeah. stick the. I mean, I never had that, but I remember. I had one of those, and then eventually, like the one I bought. So I. I think I had bought it, but it was, like, with my allowance. And sure. then, like, my parents were like, no, get the insurance. Because, like, they read the terms, and they're like, this is a great deal. If it breaks, you get the new one. Sure. Um, which it did. So I got an SP for free because of the uh, insurance. The way, like, the insurance worked at the time. Sure. It doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. Um, but my dad 
worked in China during the time that I had a Game Boy Advance. And he'd come back with, like, bootleg games. And by that I mean it was like he'd buy it off the side of the street and it's like this Game Boy Advance game that's like 85 games in one and it was Mario was in there. So I don't know which actual version of Mario that was. Well, I'm saying like the... Oh, so like... So it was just called like... It had like... When it says 85 games in one... It was the same eight games, but, like, different names later on. Oh, okay. Um, so it had, like, Mario, um, had, like, Super... And I don't remember, honestly, what yeah. they were called, because I had no idea what I was doing. And, like, you could not... You could not save the game. Oh, okay. So, like, every time you played it, it was a one-shot. If you died, you had to start from level one. Oh, okay. So there was no saving it. It was, like, super, super sketchy bootleg. Yeah. Um, but... That's the first one I'd ever played, and that was my first experience with it. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, like, some Tiki World at some point. I, I think it was probably, like, the first or second Mario. Okay. Um, it was it was extremely old. Um, but I could not tell you what it was. But I do remember getting, like, seven or eight worlds in. There was It, it got to a point where I had played the first seven or eight levels so many times. I could get through them easy, and then, yeah. like... Always kept dying at this, the same, the same spot. spot, and it was so frustrating because you had to play this exact the entire yeah. game over again. Um, that I eventually stopped playing it because I was like, "I this is fucking awful." Yeah. Um, but that that same game is how I got introduced to Doctor Mario. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the first time I ever played a Mario game, I actually played Super Mario Brothers, but it was on the original Game Boy. So. I've talked about it on the show before, but my brothers are both significantly older than I am, and I've always gotten their, like, hand-me-down video game systems. So I would have been real young, uh, but they gave me their, like, original Game Boy. Like, it was, like, a fucking brick. It was so huge, and it was, like, bulky, and it was so ugly-looking, looking back at it. Um... But I played the first Game Boy version of Super Mario Brothers. It was Super Mario Brothers 3, I think. Okay. Based on the graphics. Ah. You Google that? I'm Googling it, yes. So that was like the first uh, one. No, it wasn't Super Mario Brothers 3. Sorry. Keep going. I'll keep looking. No, see, so that was like the first one I can remember, but the first time that like... My, like, I know I played that, but I don't remember it a ton, but the first time I, like, really remember playing a Mario game was, like, the very first Mario Party on the N64. hmm Like, Mario Party was my shit as a kid. Like, I loved it so much. So, I remember my next-door neighbors growing up had an N64, and I was over there, because they had, like... I obviously was, like, home alone because my brothers were both grown up, but my next-door neighbors had, like, there was, like, five kids within a couple years of, like, age between them, so I used to go hang out with them and play all the time. It was very fun. I loved Mario Party as a kid. But the first game I owned, I think, was, like, Mario 60, like, Super Mario 64 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that a game? Yeah, that was the first one where he's, like, in 3D and you have to go through the worlds to get the stars and stuff. Let's find out. I think Super Mario... No, Super Mario 64 may have been one of the first 3D games. Yeah, I didn't own that. Ah, oh, give me a second. 
I'm gonna find out in a second. I owned Super Mario Advance. With the Game Boy one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Super Mario 64 was for the N64. Um, yeah, Super Mario Advance is what I owned. Um, and that was the first one I, like, I owned and I remember playing that wasn't off of that, like, whatever yeah. number, like, that bootleg thing that my dad had gotten me So, the first Mario game I owned, so I had the XP or X, whatever we SP. said, SP, the Game Boy that folded, but I didn't ever have any Mario games for that. Um, the first Mario game I owned actually would have been Super Mario Brothers for the Wii. Okay. Um, I mean, I know... I mean, obviously I played games prior to that, right. but, like, that's just the first one I, like, owned, owned. So I owned Mario Party, Mario Kart, and Super Mario Brothers for the Wii. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one I I ever bought was Odyssey, because, like, my parents probably... The first one I bought, bought, I think, would have been Odyssey. Because my parents, I think, bought me, um, Super Mario Advance, and then I played other ones through, like, Did you just friends. have Spotify? Um, no, I think I just accidentally, like, oh. clicked something. Um, I owned the other ones through, like, my sister and brother-in-law, like, I had played it that yeah. way, or, like, my ex owned it, yeah. and I played with them. Yeah, and, my parents bought me my games yeah. when I, I the Wii came right. out. I would have been in like middle school. Yeah, I mean, so. I would say the first one I intentionally bought because I wanted to play, and like knowingly, like this sounds like a lot of fun, was Odyssey. Yeah, um, which I mean, I still haven't beat. I haven't. I haven't finished. There's, Odyssey. And like, there's so much in that game. It's a lot of fun. There's so much shit to do. Yeah, now that I'm, like, done with all my Lego games, I think I'm going to pick Odyssey back up. Yeah, I mean, now that Matt has um, Tony Hawk, I've been, like, thinking about, like, when he's playing, I'll just, like, pick up the Switch and start yeah. playing something, um, which will probably be Odyssey. Mm -hmm. But there's so many different stars to get, which is oh, yeah. crazy. Or, like, um, flowers or whatever they are. So, right, I'm trying to think, right now I own, for this... I don't have the Wii anymore, so I have on the Switch, I have Odyssey, and then I have Mario Kart. I have those two as well. I want to get Mario Party, because I played the Switch one, and I thought it was really fun. I want to get Mario Party for, like, to play through with Matt, or to have when people are here, but the yeah. only thing that's not fun is, like, cooperative play online. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to play it, it online. It doesn't really exist. Like, it's just mini-games, which is kind of a, a shame. Like, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Where, like, you... Like, with Mario Kart, it's pretty much the same functionality when you play yeah. online. Um, it's more fun to play online. I would think... I mean, I get that Mario Party is, like, a party game, so it's, like, yeah. not... People not being there, it's not as, like, competitive. But with the internet being the way it is, like, and us being able to play Mario Kart with like on video chat I feel like it would have it would have been nice to have do something beyond just always playing Mario Kart right it would have been nice yeah. to be able to do like Mario Party yeah online together like that um because you don't get the game board but yeah I agree I think that if I do buy another Mario game it'll be Mario Party yeah um but I don't know yet I don't have people over here ever <laughs> so there's not really a point fair the only reason I would get it is to get good at the game so I can kick your asses. Fair. I mean, that's what I would do, too. Right. So I get it. Um, so what is your favorite Mario game? Oh, um... I... I mean, Mario Kart. Yeah. Oh. Which version of Mario Kart? The one though? for the DS. Okay. Whichever one that was. 
because Mar- Mario Kart DS, Mario Kart DS, or whatever it was, because yeah. I was so fucking good at that. Yeah, like as a kid, we would have our DSs, um, and like we'd go to like whatever family get together, and we'd all have Mario Kart, and like you could, um, your DSs could talk to each other. So we'd all sit in a room like playing each other in Mario Kart, and I got to a point where like you can drift and like gain speed. But I learned how to drift through the entire course <laughs> by literally just like moving side to side while like drifting side to side and like keeping straight that way. And I was so good at it that I just destroyed them all and I got blue shelled all the time. I think Mario Party is probably still my favorite because I think the game, like the games and the board, where yeah. it's like a little bit of chance, a little bit of just like fun. Mini my games. only like gripe with Mario Party is that like you have no idea who's winning until the end. I know. And that's the frustrating thing is that, like, you could also be in the lead for very fair reason, and then all of a sudden, like, fucking Luigi comes in and is like, he bought a bunch of garbage. He spent the most amount of money. We're giving him a star. Hey, I think that's part of the game of chance to it, though. Yeah, I mean, like, the random stars they give at the end are, like, kind of frustrating sometimes. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah, I think my favorite Mario party would have been one of the ones from the... I think my favorite version is actually Mario Party 3 from, like, way back on the N64, because that was, like, the old West Town, and the train would come through and knock everybody off to the beginning. Yeah. That one, I think, was my favorite. Um, I recently played the one for Wii, Because there, mul- there weren't multiple worlds back then. Right. So well, the one for Wii... Um, we had multiple, multiple worlds. worlds. Um, but we played, like, a an, an island-themed one. Okay. Um, was it the one with like, the boat where it's like the pirate ships? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I was playing with Matt and his friend, and there was a point where like Matt got knocked back and he got Matt knocked back, and I was like, fuck you guys, and then I lost. <laughs> Do be like that sometimes. It's always like that. Um, Not sometimes, always. I'm trying to think if there's any other like really specific ones. I really liked, and I know you said you didn't like it, I loved the Wii. Um, Mario Kart. It's not that I didn't like the Wii Mario Kart. I don't think I ever played the Wii Mario Kart. Did you never play it at my place? I had it. I don't think I did. Oh, okay. I think that during those parties, I refused to play it because I was not comfortable yeah, with Yeah, because Joy-Con. also our... Well, we had, like, the wheels, too, which yeah. was really nice. Oh, I faintly remember I did... I, I think feel like you I played at play. one of my parties, but there were so many people playing, and our, one no, of our I other friends... I remember playing, and someone got pissed because they lost, because they are like, fuck this wheel. Um, what is a game that... Oh, also, before I move on... I know it's not Mario-specific, but it's one of my favorite games ever. I'm just not good at it. Smash Brothers. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so bad at I'm Smash so Brothers. I'm so bad at Smash Brothers. So, when I I've first... I've never been good. Not even, like, N64. Like, I've always been bad. When I first bought my DS, um, I bought it used. I, I, when I first bought my 3DS, is I think what it's technically called... Um, I bought it used, and I, like, I got a red one because I wanted to, like, put a sticker on it to make it look at Pokedex. But Cute. I think I got it. I got it because my brother-in-law had moved out. My brother-in-law and my sister had DSs, so I, was, I always played Animal Crossing on theirs, and I played yeah. all, all the games on theirs. Yeah. Um, but I ended up buying my own at some point because I wanted to have my own. Um, and, uh, my cousin for my birthday bought me Smash Brothers. Three, or whichever one came out for DS at the time, 
And he was like, oh, I want to play because I'm, like, really good and, like, we can play online and it'll be fine. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's play online. It was so chaotic. I had no idea what was happening. I have no idea what's happening. I was so confused. I kept, like, running off of, like, the platform the board, and dying. Yeah. And I think I played it for, like, I played, like, seven or eight matches and was like, I don't like this. Like, you're just doing this so you can beat the shit out of me. This isn't fun playing with you. The only version I've ever owned is obviously the Switch one, and I literally started, like, the campaign stuff, and I never picked it back up, because I'm so bad at it. Yeah. I'm not good at fighting games, but honestly, Smash Brothers is so chaotic, and that's why I love it. It's chaotic, and it stresses me out, because I cannot focus on my character. There's too much going on. So, there's so much going on that I don't even know what my character's doing, so when I'm pressing buttons, I don't know if I'm running off the screen, which I usually am. I always forget which character I am, too, which is a different problem, but... That's fair. I, I feel like Steve and I played it a ton when we first got it. When we I first got the, sw- the Switch at the beginning of quarantine, Steve and I were playing a ton. Were you playing as Isabel? You didn't play as Isabel? No, I used to play as Kirby, because the only character I know how to do anything <laughs> with. I know you suck him up, you hit the down button, you turn into that character, yeah. and that's all I got. That's how Kirby usually works. Yeah. You suck the... Whatever animal, whatever creature up, and you take his power. Press the down button, take his power. I do. I do wish I would have played this Isabel more though, because I feel like is there a Kirby for the Switch? Because I should buy that. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's uh, another thing I should look up at some point. Yeah. So um, my next question though was going to be: Are there any games that you think people have sleep like, on? over like sleep on? Yeah. Oh, Doctor Mario. Doctor Mario is my one of my picks. I don't even. It's like Tetris, essentially. Yeah, but it's so much fun. They also have a separate version. I found out today of Mario Tetris. Oh. I also thinking of games that you I want. You were saying that you should look up. I want to get the new Luigi's Mansion that came I out do last too. year. I do too. I do too. Switch. Um. I, so there was a Switch sale. Like a. This article I sent you guys, I was like, there's a huge Switch sale. Dude, I bought so many Lego games during that. It was stupid. Right. Lego games and I was like, like I wanted to off. buy Luigi's Mansion, but it was not on sale. And I was like, what the fuck? The one game I want is the still The one six- Mario game is Can like not on sale. Can we talk about how Switch games will be three years old? Like, any other console on, like, Xbox or PlayStation, a three-year-old game is going to be, like, $20. Yeah. On Switch, if it's three years old, it's still $60. Yeah, I know. I mean, good on them for somehow, like, Keep having a monopoly up. that, like, you're gonna, you can still charge $60 and people will still pay for it, even though it's a three-year-old game. Because I, like, I just bought, I, I re-bought, um, Zelda Breath of the Wind, and it was $60, and it that came out, like, two and a half yeah. years ago. And there's, like, a new one coming out, so, like, in the next year or so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a fantastic game. I think it's really just because their games, like, hold up still. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and that's why they can charge that much, and because people will fucking pay for it. Yeah, so as by me spending sixty dollars on a Zelda game that I've already bought. I was gonna say Doctor Mario is like a highly underrated one. Um, yeah, I actually really loved because I did have like the Wii Sports, Wii Fit stuff back in the day. Um, they did like a Mario version of Wii Sports, and okay. that was really fun. I did not know that. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> similar to the Wii Sports thing. You remember how for a brief while they were doing like the Sonic versus Mario games? No. Well, they did they did a thing where it was like Sonic versus Mario, and it was always like Wii Sports Resort, Sonic versus Mario. That to be like the Sega. Okay, versus... let me say this: I don't know anything about the Wii. No, but they even did, like, they've done it so, on the Switch as well. I understand that, but like there was a so I was like a big 
Nintendo person from like Game Boy. What is the 3DS was out during the Wii time? But then I never bought a Wii. And like I never did anything with the Wii because I had a 3DS. And that's why like the Switch exists because it combined the DS yeah. with the with the, the Wii, Wii yeah. to make a, a new console. Yeah. But like I don't know anything about the Wii. So which is kind of weird. They, I remember like, they had ad, they had advertisements for it. I remember like they had so many ads on TV for it. So did it was, not have cable. I didn't either, and I saw ads for it on the oh, internet. No. I saw ads everywhere. Okay. Um, it was a like Sonic Crew versus Mario Crew like battle royale. During, like, I mean that sounds wild. Stuff. So if the reason I bring this up, they released at the end of last year a Sonic versus Mario Tokyo 2020 Olympics game. Oh no, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. Wow. Well, okay. So that's why wow. I brought it up because, okay. like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I did not know that that existed. Um. That's interesting. I don't know that I've ever really played Sonic either outside of I think maybe for the DS maybe Sonic existed outside of Nintendo though Sonic is Sega right so like I think I think I I played it on like a console like a Playstation or an Xbox or something so I played Sonic on the Playstation yeah I think I played on Playstation because I know I played Spyro on... Well, I mean, I know I played Spyro on... Spyro's PlayStation. Boy. Oh, I played Spyro PlayStation. I played it on my Game Boy. I think. Or my DS. I think my Game Boy. But I've also played it on the PlayStation. So, who do you think is the best character in the Mario franchise? That Not pl- who you play the most. Okay. I mean, that's a separate question. Who okay. you play the most. Who do you think is the best character? Oh, I forgot to talk about Yoshi's World. <laughs> Have you ever played Yoshi's World? I have not, but we could talk about it. Uh, let's let's do this question. Oh, no, the reason I'm asking about it is because I think Yoshi's the best character. Um, we actually had a conversation before this episode started about how we think Yoshi is the most commonly So I think Yoshi character. is the best character because of the Yoshi's World game, where you get to play as different Yoshis. So, the so different cute. you play as different colored ones, and they each have different powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's just a really cute idea, and it's a really fun game, and I completely forgot that it existed until just now. Um, do I actually think Yoshi's the best character? No. Um, okay, I so think... who is your... So if you don't think Yoshi's the best character, who do you... Like, fav- like best main character? Or, like... Whoever. Does this include, like... Whoever. Um, Goombas and, sure. like... It includes everybody. What's the bullet guy's name? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can pick... My favorite character in Yoshi's World, and like in not in <laughs> Yoshi's World, <laughs> it's Yoshi. <laughs> I don't know that I can pick my favorite character in Mario's like universe. Um, well, you go first. Let me think about it. Um, you so, know this question was coming. I'm not prepared. I know. Um, I think the. I mean, I was probably. Uh, I think I'm going to say Toad is the best character within Mario. My favorite character that I play the most. We're not asking that yet. Not Toad. I like Toad. Toad is, I think, the best character. Because Toad was designed, and this was also done to my research, so obviously you're not prepared for me to explain this. Uh, Toad was designed to be the main protector for the Toadstool kingdom. Meaning, like, Princess Toadstool, who is now called Peach... She wasn't back in the day, and Toad was introduced really early on as the protector of Princess Toadstool. I like I like Toad. You're also, there's cute. some damn good memes about Toad nowadays. 
Um, Ooh, let's do memes, memes of Mario people at the end. Okay, so I mean, I'm gonna pick Luigi, but I think that's just because I feel like Luigi doesn't get enough credit. Luigi gets so much credit. Luigi doesn't get enough credit. It's always Mario. What about Luigi? Luigi. Luigi number one. <laughs> That's why he has to say that. He has to remind people that he's number did one. Did you know that Mario and Luigi are supposed to be twins? No. I did not know that. Well, I thought Luigi no, was the older brother that everyone forgot about. No, Luigi's technically the younger brother. <laughs> I thought Luigi was the older brother that nobody cared about. I want to know what your favorite, like, not like main antagonist, but like little, like little enemy that you encounter. Dry Bones. Okay. Mine's not even... No question. Mine's Boo. Boo is really cute. Boo is so cute. Um, and he comes and takes your items in Mario Kart. I don't remember. Hold on, I have to look this up. Also, I like Koopa Troopa because of the name Koopa Troopa. It is a really cute name. Um, hold on, I'm trying to see if there was a. Okay, so Boo was designed during Super Mario Brothers 3 because the co-designer wanted to put his wife into the game. And so his wife was typically really quiet, and one day she just exploded over the co-creator for all the time he spent working. And so now um, it's a character that shrinks when Mario looks at it. But when Mario turns away, it gets really large and menacing. That's interesting. Um, so that was like the inspiration from this guy's wife because she yeah. exploded at him when he was like so absorbed in his work working on Super Mario Bros. Yeah, 3. Yeah, when he wasn't yeah. looking. Okay, let's go into the next Yeah, so the next discussion. So we said who is the best character? Who is your favorite character? Waluigi. Oh, God. Wah! <laughs> I hate it so much. I like honestly couldn't even explain to you why it's Waluigi. So, like for background, I know that Waluigi is like a meme at this point, but I've been playing as Waluigi and like Mario Kart and like any opportunity to pick a character, I've been playing as Waluigi since I was like a teenager, and I could not explain to you why. I just always thought it was really funny, and then I just like eventually grew to like really love Waluigi because I felt like nobody appreciated him. And I felt like everyone was like, fuck Waluigi, like, why? And so I grew to love him because I feel like he was misunderstood. And now the internet loves him, and I'm glad that they love him. But also I feel the need to say that I loved him before it was popular to love him. Which is a very hipster thing for me to say. Your Mario Chad is showing. (laughs) Um, My inner Mario Chad. Um, so my favorite character when I was young was always Daisy because I was like, she's not like Peach. She's cool. And then now Which is literally like why I loved Waluigi. Yeah, but now as now as an adult I like dry bones. I like the cute little crinkling sound he makes. Oh yeah, like like the little um it's like an it's xylophone when he breaks apart. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I also like Toadette a lot, because she's more annoying than Toad, and I like to play as Toadette when I'm playing games, because I can keep making the noise, and it annoys everyone around me. See, I just like to be like, Waluigi, wah! (laughs) I also, like, I can't handle the memes now, but like, I don't know, he was so like weird looking and creepy and like skinny and tall and gross that I like 
Thought it was funny. So this goes into my next question. So who is your least favorite character? I'll go first. Mario. Waluigi. I hate Waluigi so much. Um, I think he's so annoying. I can't stand the sounds he makes. I hate it. I hate it so much. I literally hate it. Waluigi. Wah. Wah. I hate it so much. (laughs) He's fucking losing it back there. Because I keep going, wah. So Um, Waluigi's your favorite? Is he also your go-to Mario Kart character? Yes, he is. Every time. Um, I think my least favorite character is actually Mario. That's fair. Um, Mario's useless in any game beyond the traditional Mario game. It's not that he's useless. I just feel like they've like fleshed out this entire universe and everything's based around Mario, which I mean it's Mario's universe. But um, I really wish they gave me more opportunity to learn more about the other characters instead of focusing so much on Mario. I shouldn't say that he's, like, my least favorite. I just, like, the only reason I don't love him... I, I would never play as Mario. Which is why... I, when I say least favorite, I mean, like, I I would pick every character before I picked Mario to play as. Yeah. So... And that's that's kind of what I mean by, like, yeah. my least favorite. Is I literally would not... There's not an opportunity... Not a yeah. scenario where I would play as Mario in, like, any game where I could pick a character. Yeah. So we were saying, like, who would you play as in Mario Kart? So who are your top three beyond Waluigi? So it's Waluigi, then Wario. Really? You just want to hear him say, Wario. God damn it. (laughs) Wario. (laughs) It's really the... So I pick Wario because of the way he says his name. Because of him going, Wario. It's just really I mean, that's all the reason. I, I, I You're literally, literally making yourself cry saying this. <laughs> I mean, I, li- I literally always pick Wa- uh, Waluigi. If I didn't pick Waluigi, it would be Wario because I think it's funny <laughs> the way he says Wario. And then after that, um, I probably pick like Toad or Yoshi or something like that. Like whichever, like whichever, like third string that somebody didn't pick. Like, I feel like everyone has the same third strings. So my top three for Mario Kart and whenever I can play. So number one is Dry Bones. Number two is probably I like I like that I can play as Boo in Mario Kart. Yeah, I would so say I think like Boo is number two. Toad. It's either um, Toad, Yoshi, or like Boo for me for three. Yeah. So my my top three are probably Dry Bones, Boo, and Toadette are yeah. my like, go tos. But if Dry Bones isn't in the game, then Yoshi's in there. Yeah. So, as we're, like, briefly talking about characters, um, a couple of really fun, that I thought were, like, really cool fun facts about character-specific things. So, Bowser, originally in the early games, was called King Koopa, because he's... I did know that. He's the king of the Koopas. Yeah. And the name wasn't changed until later. And then my follow-up note is... This is why that really, really awful live-action Super Mario Brothers film that came out in 1993... It was also a TV show. Oh, I don't want to know that. Was it, like, live-action? No, it was a cartoon Oh, no, TV so show. there's a live-action movie... I watched movie. that, like, every now and then, really early, like, seven, 6 to 7 a.m. in the morning. The TV show? Yeah, because it was on, and I was like, all right, well... So... In 1993, they made a live-action Super Mario Brothers film. That sounds bad. Uh, it's bad. They did it on How Did This Get Made. Okay. Um, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. 
But in the movie, the bad guy is named Koopa and uh-huh. not Bowser, even though he's Bowser. Also, Bowser is not a dinosaur. He is an oversized Koopa. So he's a big-ass turtle. Not to be confused with Yoshi, who was actually originally supposed to be designed as a Koopa turtle. But when Miyamoto was making his, you know, games in uh, 1990 for the first Super Mario World, he wanted to include an animal companion, so he just changed the design from a Koopa to a dinosaur. So Yoshi is a dinosaur, Bowser is a Koopa. I assume, I mean, I guess it could be a turtle. Well, Koopas are turtles. Yeah. 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 I, I see the yeah similarity now. Um, Another interesting thing that it ties to Yoshi. So Peach did not get her name within North America until 1993. She was always called Princess Toadstool uh-huh. in the in Western countries. Um, in Japan, she was always called Peach. Uh-huh. But then um, it took until 1993 when they released the, released the English translation of Yoshi's Safari, where they referred to her as Peach. Got it. So, fun fact. Interesting. So, I don't know I have a ton of other things beyond things that are going on right now to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. No, I mean, I'm surprised that there is not a ton coming out in anniversary form, but... Considering that 1981 was his first appearance, there may be something in, like, next year in celebration of that, or, like, in the next Ooh. two couple years. One thing that I did make a note that we didn't actually talk about, we can briefly talk about. So I made a note, we gotta talk about Mario Kart, because I feel like that's the game we play the most often. Yeah. Um, so, do you, so, Mario Kart always had multiple ways to play. There was always, like, the, um... Like, race, or, yeah. like, a battle royale, almost. Oh, I hate the battles. Um, I actually kind of found the battles funny, because, or fun to do. Very difficult, in my opinion, to play them. Um, but, like, on the DS, you could blow into your microphone to blow up a new balloon. Like, you literally would go... And it would blow. Shut up. up. Yeah. No way. Yeah, you blow into the microphone, and it blew a new balloon. Or you could just, like, hit A or something like that, and blow it up. But I remember, like, doing that for a long time before realizing I could hit A, and I was like... <gasps> you were always blowing on it? <laughs> yeah. So, what is your f- favorite... It could, it could be any of them. Yeah, like, map. Ooh. So, um, I know you said you f- your favorite version of it was the DS, but, yeah. like, what, um, what is your favorite map? Cheap Cheap Beach is one of my favorite. That's a fun one. Um, I also really love the DS's Rainbow Road. Um, I know Rainbow Road is very difficult, but I do think that there are different difficulties depending on which console oh, and which map it is. The Switch one is so fucking hard. Right. They so get I, harder, the, I think, I think the, so the, well. the later they get. The DS later. version isn't super hard. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy Is that, that the one, one where it's more flat and, like, turning? Or am I thinking Bowser's That's Castle? the one where, like, you it goes up in a circle. Like no, it, it I'm thinking the DS version of Bowser's Castle, where it's, rather than a castle, it's just more, yeah. like, turning. Um, yes. The Rainbow Road in, in the DS, I believe, is the one that you could, like, go off the side, and if you did it in the right angle, you could end up, like, the very the end. The Wii version did that, too. Yeah. I think um, that's, like, a cheat for... Oh, yeah. Um, but 
it wasn't too difficult, but Cheap Cheap Beach is my favorite, I would say. I was very good at that one. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, in the Wii version, I think it was created for Wii, there's a level that takes place in a mall, and that one's really fun because it, it took all of the, the, it took all of the, um, like, Wii Mies. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't play Wii. I put them there. Yeah. And it, they would, her faces would pop up oh, randomly. So, yeah, it'd be, it was really weird. I don't like that. Also, my friend and I got, like, really high one time and put made a Robert Pattinson <gasps> Wii Me. So, Robert Pattinson would show up. Stop. Why'd you have to bring up our pat? My recent obsession with him. Your recent obsession? My entire I fucking life. I was not obsessed with him. In high school. Like, I wasn't into... I mean, I wasn't into the Twilight movies. Yeah. Um, but that level was really fun. And then I do really like, in the Switch version, the Animal Crossing level. The Animal Crossing level's fun because it picks between the different seasons. The four different seasons, yeah. yeah. I would I would agree with that. Um, the Cheap Cheap Beach in the Animal... I mean, it's... It's the same pretty much level in all of them, but yeah. it's... That's a really fun one, too. There's that really chaotic one where it's like a mini course inside oh. of it, where like you do like ten laps inside and it's just straight chaos. That's on the Switch. That one's yeah, so the Switch. crazy. That one's a lot of fun though because it's like it's like baby park or something. Yeah, it's the lap is so short you that you're seven. constantly getting you're doing like seven of them, but you're constantly getting constantly getting new items. Um, I also really enjoy the Switch. Uh, Mario Kart because you can have two items and that's the first game to introduce that option. I and do I like being able to have like, an item queued up. Yeah, that's fair. But it's also a game changer. It completely changes the way and yeah. any strategy that you play with. Um, but also at the same time, like there's so many useless items. I'm also way... I think I did way better at steering when I had the wheel... Because when I play on the Switch, I typically play with the two controllers with, like, the center, you know, like, the yeah. whole handheld thing. And I'm so bad at some of the levels I used to be so good at on the Wii. I don't play that. I play it with the Joy-Con. Um, and I do super well with just the Joy-Con. So, when I play Joy-Con, I don't like turning it because that makes me really confused. So, I play with, like, the buttons. I do, too. I don't oh. like... I don't like doing like the gyroscope yeah yeah i don't do the gyroscope i just use the buttons because i i've actually lost um and that's the reason i don't care for the the wii um but i've literally had to like steer it well not even with mario kart but i literally lost like mario party games because i was like you had to balance and i didn't realize i started off like not balanced. not balanced because i wasn't paying attention to how things were sure. i don't care for the gyroscope aspect of these games yeah i would prefer to be able to do it with a controller um because i'm a hundred percent unaware of where my body is at any moment as evidenced by why i'm constantly you constantly it. keep spraining your ankle yes i have no idea where anything is in my body in relation to anything externally um so i i get that um I, I do think that the Pro Controller for the Switch is a game changer for Mario Kart. I, cause is I, that the one that, like, automatically does... No, the Pro Controller is the one that's, like, a regular game controller. Oh, okay. It's, like, the, I think he's... I think it's, like, $60. Okay. I might be making... I think I'm making that number up, but it might be $60. It's, like, the price of a regular controller, which I think are $60. Um, but it's, like what you would get with an Xbox or, like, a PS4, like, that kind of controller. It's not the Joy-Cons, it's just a controller. Okay, That connects to your Switch. 
Um, but it's not the Joy-Cons attached to anything like that. Huh. Like, it's not the... I can show you one later. Yeah. Um, but I know that's what, like, a lot of our friends use. Okay. Um, like, that one time we played with former guest Joe and his boyfriend. Um, um, they were like... Fuck those guys, no, these are pro They were like, in all honesty, we're kind... Because they were destroying us that one time. And they're like, mm-hmm. in all honesty, like, we are kind of cheating because we're using the pro controller. Fuck them. Um, cool. I don't have anything else for this episode. So, the one thing I do want to wrap with is, so obviously we mentioned we had done this in honor of the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, this year specifically, Nintendo released a couple of really unique games... One of which has already come out. The other three are upcoming. So that'd be fun to like wrap mm-hmm. the episode with the upcoming games. So these were all done in honor of the 35th anniversary. So Paper Mario, the Origami Kingdom has I've come out. I've never played Paper Mario, but it always looked really fun. It's really cool. It's more of like the um, like fantasy game style yeah. than like the traditional Mario style. Paper Mario is really fun. Um, I keep meaning to buy this. This just came out a few weeks ago. It looks really great. Um, actually, in I think a week or a week or so after this episode releases, Super Mario 3D All Stars will be releasing on the Switch. These are all Switch games. I should also point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing a high definition port of Super Mario 64, oh, fuck. Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy all in one in one game. game. Yes. Oh shit! So that's going to be releasing like, very that's soon. That's like a six dollar game for like all three of them. I'm assuming so. Oh, that's awesome! I don't know how much it's going to cost. I didn't look at any of that. No, that's insane. That's a good um, buy. Regardless, like as a port, just getting Super Mario 64 yeah. on the Switch is a good buy. Yeah. Uh, they're remastered high-definition versions, too, so it's going to be super cool. Um, they're going to be releasing Super Mario Brothers 35, I think, in October. And this is actually going to be super different than any Mario game that's existed before. It's going to be in a, a competitive online platform based entirely around a battle royale. Is that- it's also only going to be available for a limited couple of months. It's going to be available from October until March of 2021. They literally made this in honor of the anniversary, and that's it. It's called Super Mario Brothers 35. And then the last one I was going to talk about is also a really unique one. Um, it's called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. And it's another thing you have to buy. But you buy this, like, toy car, and it speaks to your Switch, and you drive it around your home. And on your Switch screen has, like, all of, like, the bricks that you break. It's got obstacles you have to drive around. But essentially, you're driving the car around your home. Mm-hmm. And also on your Switch has these computer players. So while you're racing through your own home, the Switch has almost like an augmented reality. It's not quite augmented reality, but it's using, the, the you know, what's in front of your car. To, like, create a course. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting. That one's also coming out this year. So those were, like, the big anniversary games that were released. Yeah, I think that in 2023, I guess, there may be, like, a Super Mario Brothers game that comes out. 
an anniversary, so I think yeah. the next few years we'll see a lot of anniversary things coming out for Mario. Celebrate 35 years. I mean, I hope. Um, that would be really that would cool. That would be really cool. And I do think that we'll have a Mario Brothers come out for the Switch, because it seems like Nintendo is really like pushing the Switch as their the new console and like really mm-hmm. what their money maker is um, by creating new content for it and new games for it so I think that we'll see I think that that's going to be the future of Nintendo is a, a handheld console hybrid um, because there really isn't anything that exists, exists like that anymore um, so I think that there will be like exclusive content like exclusive Mario games so. Mario Brother games that come out for it I hope so. I'm excited to see what we keep seeing. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and, I mean, I think the Switch was my favorite buy of the year anyway, so... Oh, absolutely. The Switch has been that. the most fun thing I've purchased yeah. all year. Indeed. And with that, I think, I think that concludes the episode. So, yeah. listen through the next song, and we will, you know, have some final thoughts for you guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening through the song. So, we are back for another edition of... I don't know why I called it an edition. We haven't named what the new Final Thoughts is. We haven't named it, but as a reminder, what we have decided to do for Final Thoughts moving forward with the podcast is to highlight a member of the Beard community that we think that you should be following what they're doing. Our goal is essentially to highlight someone that's a part of an underrepresented community within the larger beer community. Right. Someone different than us. In some someone different than us. And that's someone that you should be going out and listening to what they're doing, what they're creating, what they're promoting. So this week we're actually going to be talking about a nonprofit organization called Black and Brew Chicago. So these guys were formed by Mickey Bryant, who actually runs their Instagram page. So their page is called Black and Brew Chicago. So this nonprofit was founded in 2019 with the entire goal of diversifying the culture and social landscape within the craft beer culture. So they're trying to build educational opportunities for people interested in beer. So it's a small and growing nonprofit, but they've been doing a lot of really cool, you know, educational opportunities. I mean, they did some, I mean, things are a little hard with COVID Mm -hmm. times. They seem to have a lot of really interesting goals set forth for them that they want to continue to do and what they want to do to educate people. And they have a lot of unique virtual events that have been going on. And I really think that they're a nonprofit that you should be supporting right now. Mm -hmm. And they have their own social media page. So you can follow them on Instagram at black and brew Chicago. Yep. All of that will be linked in the episode description, but they've been sharing things, you know, primarily about black culture within beer. And I, there's their content is great and we highly recommend you go and support them. So thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the show, which we both really hope that you did, because we enjoyed the show. We always enjoyed the show, though. Um, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a review and a five-star rating so that we know that you guys are listening to us. Because we know you guys are listening to us based on how we can see... We can see how many of you guys are listening. Yeah, and we can see how many of you are not 
rating and reviewing And if us. you don't want to, like, review on a public service, like, you can DM, DM us. us or, like, email us. All that information is available on our Instagram. It's also um, after the next song. Yes. So if you have any feedback that you want to provide, please provide it in any way you feel comfortable, either via handles coming up in a second or um, via whatever podcast service that you like. But by sharing a public review of us, we also want to say that it helps us to get more listeners that are people like you that enjoy listening to us spew nonsense while we get drunk. Yes. Because the show is brought to you by viewers like you. (laughs) Thank you. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.